0: Well, Good morning. Today we're going to talk about a message that the Lord had put in my heart a couple months ago, and I had listened to this song for the first time, and it's from Toby Mack's Help Is On The Way. Service is going to be a little bit different today. We're going to talk about um, Help Is On The Way, but we're going to aim at your part, which means you need to be aiming. How does God want you? The Bible says that the Word of God is a treasure, that we should be searching after it as a treasure. The promises are a treasure, and that many times um, we just do not aim at the treasure, we don't search for it like it's a treasure, and we don't receive it for the treasure that it is. So we're gonna talk about your part. And then at the very end of the service, we're gonna show the video Toby Mack gave, um, you know, so wonderfully did. And in that video, there's, you're gonna see um, these three characters, and I'm gonna explain it a little bit because you probably wouldn't pick it up in the first time you watch it. There's three characters, um, and uh, they're like three wise men, They're dressed a little bit different. Um, and you see them sometimes they come in and out of the video. But what they represent is help is on the way. And then Toby begins to uh, describe even how help comes. Sometimes it's immediate, sometimes it's, be, you know, it's quite late, it's a lot later, it's sometimes it's at midnight, sometimes it's in the morning, it just, but help is on the way. And you know, if we um, doubt that help, if we begin to detach ourselves from that promise, even though help is on the way we 'll never connect with the helper and the, in fact, what I love about you know our the Holy Spirit, one of the descriptions of him he's our helper, and he sends forth angels and there are angels um, many times that are here to minister unto us and uh, I remember one time and as I was uh, just getting caught up in prayer and seeking the lord i don 't even remember the scenario, but I was um, seeking the Lord and searching for an answer in an area of my life that I was troubled in. And it doesn't even, um, it doesn't matter what the trouble was. It matters what the answer came. And the answer came like this. And the Lord showed me a truth. He said, son, he says, what you don't understand is is what I'm trying to teach you is how to draw from me and draw near to me. In the midst of your trial, I'm trying to get you to draw near in into my presence, into my promises, into my peace. My ways are so much different. And you even, even while you're praying, you have your own way of how you want it answered. But that's not me. And so I'm not gonna bring that answer the way you want it because that's not even me that would be that answer. My answer is different, my ways are different, my thoughts are different. And you have to understand that you need to get caught up. And when you get caught up with the answer, when you get caught up with the helper, you will recognize when the answer comes. Now most people don't even know, and I don't even really know why Toby Mac wrote this song. Here's a man of God that has done almost everything. I mean, really has just hit the ground running for God and has you know, paid the price in his walk and, and criticism. And it wasn't too long ago that he lost his own son. You know, and, and it, you see this young man, and I don't know if that's the reason why. Maybe it's an, an area of his own life that's healing, but in this in this video is a young man searching for help, is on the way. So I don't know if that's why this is this young man, and then you'll see Toby that's doing, you know, he's actually um, coming in and out of this video. So I don't really want to make it about the video, but it's part of the message today. So when we first start, we're gonna be talking about, in fact, I want you to turn to Romans chapter five. And uh, this passage has meant so much to me because a lot of times the Lord helps me understand things just the way, he, he talks to me the way I am. And I struggle driving 55, okay? That's just a struggle bus for me. So Romans 5.5 5 means a lot to me. I can remember it all the time because it talks about hope. Hope is on the way. Hope, and this kind of hope never leads to a disappointment, but we're not going to start in verse 5, we're going to start with Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God. In the joy of reconciliation with Him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, through Him we also have access. By faith, into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experience and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of His excellence and His power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships. Knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, trouble, produces patience and impatient endurance. And endurance, it proves out character, spiritual maturity and proven character, hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us. Check that out. Such hope in what? God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Let's pray. Father, we lean into you today. And we're so grateful that the Holy Spirit, which you sent down here through your son, Jesus, to do the holy work inside of us that we could never do. We pray that our hearts would be written truths inspired of you and that our lives would have inspiration in our marriages, inspiration in our workplace, our schools, our judicial system, the culture of our world today, that we would be light to this crazy dark world. Father, that we would not be talking about the darkness because we're bearers of the light. May your light come inside of us and not just glow, but just explode as a Holy Spirit that you would just explode like rivers of living water would come through our lives on account of your promises of who you are. You're such a great, great, great God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Well, today I think that it's um, a pivotal space where we can talk about how did Jesus get through trials? And again, help us on the way. The only reason you really want help us on the way is because you're going through something. And I I really believe that many times that it shouldn't always be something because of a, you've messed up. But I really believe that we really need help in our life because we are having accomplishments in our walk that are above us, that they're above your strength, that they're above your knowing, the, that when people would look at your character and go, you know what, I know where they went to school, I know their background, and there's no way that what was in them could do that. That's got to be the Lord working through them and that's the whole point isn't it that we would be light and so the only way that that's going to happen is when we invite it in and I thought it was so um, interesting this whole week I've been um, battling sickness and I went Lord really I got to teach on help is on the way and I've been battling this sickness all this all this week he says what better than to be the message and in, in, you know and yesterday we um, did a wedding and, and it seemed like Anytime I was doing what I was called to do, I always had strength. Like, whether I was doing the wedding, whether I was doing the rehearsal, and then I'd come off the rehearsal, or I'd come off the wedding, or come off, and all of a sudden, I would just be, I don't know, me, me again. But then I would have that strength, just like today right now. I feel so much strength in our worship. I'm so thankful for our team today and bringing worship. I don't even notice if you notice our, our, um, our new drummer that's in our young man that's new to the um, drumming today. I get to hear that young man beat those things all week long coming in here and practicing, you know, and if you don't, you really don't get to know his life and, and some of the things that he's gone through, but what a neat thing, what an awesome thing to see God move in a young man's life and give it to him, amen? Amen. And so in, in our pastor um, bringing that gift out, well, in Matthew chapter four, there's this um, Jesus talking about how we get through these trials. And we would think, well, what could ever be a trial to, to the son of God? And yet God allowed Jesus to be in the flesh. And the word, And this is what I, I pray in my life. May the word of God become flesh. May it not be flesh that moves and grooves in life today. May it be God's word that moves me and talks through me and inspires through me. be God's word, not Ron. May I be literally an oracle or a letter that others could read and say, That's, I know Ron, he's, he's not capable of that. That's Jesus in him. That's Christ that liveth in him. Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into a wilderness to be tempted. There by the devil, for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted. He became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus told him, no. You know what uh, the Scriptures say? People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Notice that Jesus is becoming the Word of God among and in the flesh then the devil took him another holy city in jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said if you're the son of god jump off for the scriptures say he orders angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone jesus responded the scriptures also say you must not test the lord your god verse 8 the next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And I will give to all you. And he said, if you will kneel down and worship me, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord, your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and what does it say? And angels came and took care of Jesus. Help is even on the way for Jesus. Do you guys see that? That Jesus himself needed strength from heaven. I don't even know if you even can get a hold of that. If God himself who came in the flesh was so weary in fighting the tempter and fighting the evil and fighting the darkness of that hour of his life and that that he himself was exhausted to the point where he needed to get in that space. But how did Jesus do it? He did it through the promises of God. He fought the enemy with the word of God. It's imperative that you understand you must fight your hardships you must receive your promise through the promises of through the word of God number one today we will discuss the why of hardships they have a purpose you want your trials to go away you want to deny their presence you scream at them you ask others to fix them they have a purpose in your life they have a purpose in your life number two trials can come through different sources but all trials can produce God's growth in your life. Trials can come from different sources, whether they come from the devil, whether they come from your foolishness, whether they even come from the Lord himself, they, no matter how they come in your life, they can produce God in your walk, more of the Lord in your life. Trials can come from foolish decisions, buying something that you shouldn't, being somewhere that you should not be, Doing something that you should not be doing. Watching something you should not be watching. Drinking, smoking, whatever it is. Doing something you're, you're a part of. You're, you're doing something that you're not. You know your conscience says, I shouldn't be doing this. Trials can come in your life. Help can still be on the way. God can deliver you from all trials. Isn't that what the, Jesus gave us that prayer? Deliver me from all evil. Trials can come from Satan. He's looking for a crack in your armor. I'll never forget Mike Williams, um, great Bible teacher. And he was sharing this truth of the devil and that the devil will sit and look in your life and prowl in your life and look for the crack in your armor. He studies your systems. He studies your behaviors. He studies your eyes and what you really lust for and long for. He, want, he looks for a crack in that armor and he waits for an opportune time. In fact, I didn't have time to read it, but it, uh, it says that Satan he left Jesus for a more opportune time. He's always looking for an opportunity: a lost loved one, a broken marriage, a, 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 a prognosis of sickness. A, you know, a uh, all of a sudden a pastor leaves a church, or someone maybe a school teacher that touched you or inappropriately. Something that all of a sudden a, a chink in the armor, something that happens. Some wrong that happened in your life he's looking for that space and will you make it all about what that moment was in the presence of your you know the presence of your today or will you make it all about the presence of what god wants to develop inside blessed is he who overcomes which means the same time cursed will be the person who succumbs to it what is a curse to be, you know what? It just means it's something that the enemy is gonna entangle himself around. Trials can come through foolish decisions. They can come through Satan Look for a chink in the armor. All trials can produce a response, a God response in your life. In Matthew 4, we've already read it about how Jesus fasted for 40 days and Jesus was literally, that help came. It was his angels that ministered to him. Have you ever felt a, you know, a presence that's not of this world? Maybe you're just, maybe you have a taste of it. Maybe you get it through worship. Maybe through a song. Maybe that all of a sudden you're reading scripture and there's just, maybe just a, a moment inside of the seven you know, verses you read, one of those verses just comes alive inside of you. That's the assurance that help is on the way. That's the presence of the angels ministering and whispering in your ear. And it's not only the devil that will whisper in your ear. It's not only lies that will whisper in your ear. God brings his angels. God brings his presence that will whisper in your ear. But the this, this, this thing that's so simple about it is, is that we find that God's voice is quiet and still. And that the enemy's is loud, boisterous, obnoxious. Which one are we going to listen to? And you know, isn't it funny in life? You ever hear the, the term, the squeaky wheel gets the oil? I mean, even in culture, you can, be in, you can be in your workplace and you're just working. And I remember so many times working at Steelcase or, or, or UPS and, and working for these uh, great corporations and working so diligently and, and trying to let my character and my work ethic speak for itself. And then I would hope that somebody would notice how hard I came in early or I left late or I, I cleaned up my area or I, I built and did more product than anybody else that worked that day. And, you know, not just for the, the coin, but because I really I felt the Bible had said that whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And how many times I would go home with my head down and going, that it seemed like the only thing that the boss really noticed was the person that was always complaining when he came in. And then that same boss who got, you know what, that was, you know, had the other employee complaining. Usually the employees were complaining about me. You know why? Because my hard work ethic made them look bad. And so all of a sudden the next thing I know, I'm thinking, well, Lord, what do I do? I do it as unto, unto the Lord. And I didn't really realize that. I was too immature. And so please let, listen to my maturity in this today. I was too immature to know. So I wrestled with that and I fought with it and I got angry about it. And then I just said, what's the use? And I stopped doing it as unto the Lord for a season in my life. I lost the focus of the promise. The promise wasn't unto man. The promise wasn't unto my boss. The promise was that God was teaching and building character. And that that character wasn't built around whether the boss noticed it or the merit. My wife noticed it or my kids noticed it. It was that he noticed it. And that when he chose for it to get revealed, that's up to him. And that God has his ways. In fact, it wasn't even until just this morning to give you a funny story that I had a, a lesson that I had a long time ago. I think I was around eight or nine years old. And my cousins had a farm. I hated this farm. I hated it. I hated ponies. Now explain why. I thought they were the dumbest animal on the face of the earth. So I didn't understand how to work this pony. I never had any instructions my dad put me on a motorcycle and it never argued with me, okay? Maybe it's tough to start, but it never argued with me, all right? And these ponies, what they would do is they understood, they obviously understood the fear I had to get on them too. So what we would do is, is we'd get on there and they, they would never run, they'd always trot. And that's never good on the, the male parts. And anyway, so they'd always trot, doing things I never wanted, I try to get them to run, do more things. They, they knew how to annoy me. They were just like life's annoyance. And then all of a sudden when we were on our way back, all right, we had this moment of victory. We weren't trotting, we were running. But what we were running to was a fence, a barbed wire fence that we were gonna drag ourselves back to and they knew exactly the three or four inches to get along so that my leg would just get caught caught up. And then they would do this wonderful, you know, this wonderful, just I, I don't even know what stance, Kneel like this, poof, I go right over the handlebars, okay? <laughs> and I'm like, every single time, and I, you know what, God never gave me the lesson until just this morning, I thought it was hilarious. He said, they wanted to get rid of the dead weight. <laughs> and God said to me, he goes, Ron, if you would get rid of the dead weight in your life and you started racing to the promises like they raced to that barn, They knew it was in that barn. That's home. He says, I want you to, I never, I thought, well, God, it would have been good to know the promise. And you know what? It's God's choice to reveal the lesson. God had me go through all that craziness. And here I am, I'm 59 years old and I finally get the message. But that's so, you know what? What I'm learning is this, is that God still wants to bring the promises in my life and he can use an animal as a representation and that i would understand things in a diff, even a more healthy way. Number 3, attaching joy to the trial will give you strength in the waiting for help which while it's on the way. While the helper's getting here, while the promise is coming into place, there is a time period. While you're in that time zone, you need joy. God has created a joy to come inside of your soul that will give you physical strength. And if you don't really understand what that means, let me just tell you something. What is the first thing when some trial that's really hard or heavy comes? What's the first thing that comes away from, gets away? Joy. Marital. All of a sudden you see somebody that's going through it, joy is taken out of the way. What do you need when you're going through marital difficulties? The joy of the Lord. What do you need when you're going through health difficulties? Joy of the Lord. What do you need when you're going through financial? You need it, joy. No wonder God goes over there and says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials. It's not because the trial is joyful. It's because this is what God knows you need, the fuel to receive the help that's on the way. Number four, a test without biblical truth attached just becomes aimless emotions. Have you ever been in that place where you just aimless and your emotions are all over the place? Losing your job, losing a spouse or loved one, car breaks down, a house fire, even worse? Romans 5, 5, such hope in God's promises never disappoint us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Number five, we're almost finished and we're gonna have the video. Three reasons for the test. Three reasons. A test of your testimony, test of your endurance, and to achieve spiritual maturity. Achieve spiritual maturity. I don't want to take the time right now, but there's a passage I want you to write down. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 7 through 14. And it's a historical lesson about King Saul. And King Saul is facing um, odds that are so against him, uh, there's just no way. He's a Philistine army, and he's promised that Samuel's coming. Help is on the way. Samuel the prophet, who has anointed him as king, Um, who has pursued him. Saul has found himself in the the spaces of prophecy and, and, and just in places where God has answered promises. And God has said, wait till Samuel shows up, then offer. there will be an offering and the Lord will speak his instructions. But because the pressures of that hour of his life Looking at the Philistine army and seeing, I I, I can't remember how many chariots they had and charioteers, I mean, just an an insurmountable army to fight because the pressures and many of us sometimes, well, Pastor, you don't know what pressure I'm at. Saul was underneath that same pressure. Insurmountable odds. And God expected one thing, wait for the answer to come and worship God in that space of it wait for his, wait for his promise, wait for his design, wait for his plan, and King Saul just got tired of waiting, so went out and did it his own way, kind of like what Adam and Eve did, and you know what, Um, I'm just, I feel naked, I feel a little awkward, I'm just going to go over there and get some fig leaves and cover myself up, many times, and I'm guilty of it, you're guilty of this, so in, in this next few minutes, and we, as we watch this video, help is on the way, I want you to ask yourself a couple questions. One, how many times have I tried to do something and shortcut this because maybe I just don't feel that I'm good enough or holy enough or righteous enough to receive his help? Romans 5, one tells us it's nothing to do with your righteousness. Has nothing to do with what you've done. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done for you. So help is on the way isn't because of what you do, it's because of what Jesus has done, amen? So all help from God can be on its way, all right? So I want you to think about, if, have I gotten in the way? If I, if I got weight on my shoulders, am I the pony that's trying to kick this weight off my shoulders knowing that Jesus took it off? Am I that pony? Or, am I here today? I know he's my helper. I know whatever I face, his help is on the way. And am I looking? Number two is, what promise are you looking for? God is a God of promises. And he says that this promise won't disappoint. It doesn't say that the trial won't disappoint. It doesn't say that your 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 situation won't disappoint. He says this hope that's attached to a promise won't disappoint. Are you attaching yourself to a promise or are you just attaching yourself to the world's hope? See, the world has a hope, but it's not the hope that's rested in God's presence. The hope that's resting in God's presence is in his promise. So today, so one, if you try to, don't feel like you can come to the altar, don't feel like maybe you gotta do something good before you're worthy, That's a lie. Romans 5, 1 says that Jesus has already paid for that price on the cross. There's no, let me tell you something. In God's eyes, there's no one in this room that's more holy or more righteous than any other in this room because of what Jesus did. God looks through the blood of Christ, all right? And all he sees is opportunity. All he sees is opportunity. Number two, are you trying to do this through some weak strength or some kind of, you know, goody thing to do? Or are you really looking for his promise? Are you looking for his promises? Are you searching for those promises? Let's show the video. I know it's an um, inspirational song, but now that you know a little bit more about Toby's life and maybe even the picture of his own son through an overdose, can you imagine the, the, how much this song means to him? This promise means to him, his healing. So many that I've seen that have gone through hardships in their life have just aimed it differently, not at a promise. You know, he may be early, maybe may be late, but I know that he, you know what, one thing that I know the Lord has sent hes basically he's going to roll up his sleeves. Can you see God rolling up his sleeves for you? You know, Pastor Mark, is an, um, is, he's not an architect, but he's a drawer. And I, um, I, I wish I knew how to do that gift. I wish I knew how to do a Tommy Mac's gift. But, uh, but I love to watch how somebody can put on paper and literally something that I'm about to build, something that I can't really do without it. I can't measure the wood. I can't put that material together. I can't even get a materialist off of it. I need somebody that can draw, roll up sleeves, And I see my daddy in heaven. That's what he does. He's up there drawing for my life. And so many times I'm distracted. You're distracted. You're in places that you shouldn't be. You even know you shouldn't be there. You're in thoughts that you shouldn't be. Maybe something you're thinking or doing or whatever it might be. And God doesn't turn his back on you. He's up there drawing. He goes, All right, well, we're, <laughs> we're going to have to work on this. And I'll never forget what he did. We had made plans for our house many years ago. My wife and I had made plans to build this bigger house for ourselves. And God said, No. It was a few years later. He told us to adopt these girls. And he says, Get those plans out. We got some drawing to do. I know that's who God is. God is about lives. And today, he wants to minister. Throughout this whole morning, you can sense his presence wanting to minister, help, assurance, and hope. Well, you lean into him as we worship God, the whole thing is gonna take on just a little bit different presence where, where we can yield. There's different, what we call them different environments. Worship is one of those environments where we come yielded to the majesty of God, that we know that he is our all. We know that he's not just our helper, but he's got this. And if there's one thing I've seen is the got this power of God. I have seen him come through and over. And there are times where I'm like, God, a little assurance would be helpful right now, but he's there. And I don't know if you need assurance that He's got this today, He's here, that help, that answer is here for you. I don't know if you're looking for a promise because of the hardship that you're in today. Whatever the scenario that you were in, but I guarantee all of us in here need a helper. He wouldn't send the Holy Spirit to us if we didn't need it. And so it's time to lean into Him. Church, God is raising up a work in this house that we would be the light to the community. That we would be the bearers of truth to the the lies that are outside these doors. There are so many people broken outside that don't have answers. And the church doesn't need to be pointing at them why they're not here today. We need to be broken why they don't see Christ in us and yearn to be here today. Father, I thank you for the presence of who you are. I'm so grateful, Holy Spirit, that we can lean into you in the strength that you are. You're the great counselor. You're the, great, you're the hope that's against all hope. You're the strength when we have no strength. You're the love when we feel abandoned. You're that strong tower when we feel fear. You're our awe. Holy Spirit, I pray you go through the aisles today, chairs, touch lives. May there be a burning promise in every one of us, how great you are. And through that, that God, we would not only yield, but God, we would commit into your design. Your will be done. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're unsure of your salvation. And we're gonna pray this prayer. And at the end of this prayer, that assurance can be yours. And when service is concluded, I pray that you have that boldness to come out of your seat, that you made that prayer yours and come up front and find someone, an elder, find myself, and testify what Jesus did to you this morning. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, In Jesus' name, I surrender all my life, all my trials, all my successes, everything into your hands. I ask that you forgive me. And I accept, Jesus, what you've done for my life on the cross. I'm righteous in the Father's eyes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and worship our King together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.